Today's episode of Freeman's Playlist is sponsored by Anchor. Stay tuned to find out more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Primam's Playlist Season Two. My name is Prim, and just like last time, I'll be analyzing five underrated K-pop tunes and recommending them based on your music taste. Unlike last time, though, this week's theme isn't actually genre-related. I wanted to try something a little different, something that'll let me have a greater variety of music in the playlist. This week's theme is decades. Each song this week represents a different decade of music, ranging from the 50s to the 2000s. I'm honestly blown away by the fact that in the last two weeks of data to draw from, there were songs and styles spanning half a century. That's the beauty of looking at underrated songs. You'll find a huge variety of styles you might not hear as much in more mainstream tunes. Anyway, without further ado, let's pull up the playlist. Our first song today is "Mililili Mamanse," translating to "Long Live Mili," according to Google Translate, by Trot artist Jung Dong Won, coming in at 125 views on Ogam Entertainment. Trot is a style that originated as early as the 1920s and still persists today, as you may know if you've listened to some past episodes of this podcast. However, after a cursory glance through Wikipedia, it appears that this song is closest to the trot style popular in the 1950s and 60s, so it'll be representing those decades in this week's playlist. Of course, it is trot, so it has the iconic trot style wobbly, slidey voice inflection, as well as an energetic swung two-step tempo. This tempo is actually what separates 50s to 60s era trot from other eras, as later examples of trot use a more modern march tempo. Of course, I'm not an expert on trot. I am getting all this from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Honestly, if you're into any trot, you'll probably enjoy this song. Though trot is, of course, a widely varied genre of music, there are certain key aspects of it, such as the vocal inflection, that you'll hear and enjoy throughout. I will note, if you're more into modern trot, especially that which we've covered on this podcast before, the rhythm may take you by surprise. A similar swung two-step rhythm can be found in songs such as 24 Hours by Sunmi, and even to a certain extent in Kill This Love by Blackpink, even though that's more grouped in fours than twos. If you like either of those songs, plus Tron in general, you'll probably like Mililili Mamanse. How about song number two? Currently at 3,000 views on Super Soundbugs, song number two is With Me by an artist named Alf. As soon as I pulled up this song, I knew it sounded retro, but I couldn't quite place the decade. Thankfully, a friend of mine who's into older music broke it down for me. Turns out, I was confused because different sections of the song are seemingly inspired by completely different decades. The guitars in the opening, plus the percussion style, are reminiscent of late 70s southern rock, according to my friend. Though the tempo and energy is much closer to 70s disco. This creates an interesting contrast with the chorus, which takes heavy influence from 90s ska. Honestly, it's kind of disorienting, but in a fun way. Hearing the ska-like chorus abruptly slam into the 70s second chorus feels like crashing into a brick wall in the best way possible. And that's not even getting to the 80s glam rock guitar solo that's thrown in there. For the purposes of this episode, though, this song will represent the 70s. If there's one thing I've noticed about K-pop recently, it's that it seems like the 70s are coming back. There's been a disco revival as of late, and artists ranging from BTS to JYP are taking full advantage of the trend with releases such as Dynamite and When We Disco. Though With Me is more guitar-heavy, if you like the 70s-esque songs released recently, you'll find a similar funkiness in this song. 
Additionally, on the 90s Skylight Chorus, well, it actually reminded me a bit of modern idol anime music. A friend of mine once said that idol anime music is very similar to ska, a comparison I never expected to hear, and yet it still holds true. So if you, like me, are a fan of series such as Love Live and The Idolmaster, especially The Idolmaster actually, you'll get a kick out of With Beast Chorus. Song number three, please. Third on the list today is Love Your Everything by multi-genre band Crispy Monster featuring an artist named Onu, garnering 20k views on 1thek. This song fits neatly into the genre city pop, a style of music popularized in Japan in the 1980s. City pop is most notable for its combination of more traditional band elements such as drums, keyboards, and a plucked bass, with orchestral samples. Love Your Everything makes heavy use of all of these elements. Additionally, the use of a not-too-auto-tuned female vocalist and a medium tempo further push this song into the city pop zone. Interestingly though, Crispy Monster chooses to also add in some overdriven rhythm guitars, which aren't that common in this genre. This adds an interesting texture to the song, separating it from the rest of its kind. Though city pop is a genre primarily associated with Japan, its use in K-pop has been seemingly increasing ever since city pop started growing in popularity, online, and worldwide. One of the most prevalent city pop K-pop artists is Yukika, who primarily releases songs in a city pop style, most recently Soul Lady. If you haven't heard of Yukika though, you may be more familiar with Every Day I Love You by Vivian Hustle from Luna. Though it doesn't call as closely into city pop specifically, there's still an undeniable soft 80s vibe in that song that meshes well with what we commonly think of when we hear city pop. And of course, we've probably all encountered Plastic Love by Maria Takeuchi in one form or another. Honestly, that song's sudden viral spread through the internet could probably actually have led to the rise of city pop's recent popularity in general. So if you like Yukika, Vivi, or Maria Takeuchi, you're probably going to enjoy Love Your Everything. Before we continue, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Today we're sponsored by Anchor, the very same service we use to make this podcast. Let me tell you, Anchor is unrivaled in its accessibility. Anchor lets you make your own podcast from scratch, right from your computer, or even your phone. You can record yourself in browser, add stock music from Anchor's own library, and even make simple edits. Or, if you prefer to record and edit in a more familiar application, Anchor also allows you to upload audio straight from your computer. Anchor can also handle some of the more intimidating aspects of podcasting for you. For example, it can automatically distribute your podcast to platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and it can even link you up with sponsors. What's craziest about Anchor to me, though, is that it's absolutely free. All these tools, all these functions, and they don't even cost a penny. So, if you have a great idea for a podcast but don't know where to start, I'd highly recommend using Anchor. It's easy, versatile, and free. Let's get back to the playlist! Coming in at 20k views on One The K, here we have B Classic by rap duo Side B. Wow, I wonder what their B-side tracks sound like. <laughs> that was terrible, I'm sorry. This is the most aggressively 90s hip-hop I've ever heard, and I say that knowing full well that aesthetically slash culturally, the 90s didn't really end until 2005. Okay, to be fair, I was born in 2002. I mostly know this from my current favorite podcast, Mount Molehill. We have the record scratches and mixed up samples in the beginning, a common enough element of this genre that it even appeared in the National Geographic music creation game I played on my mom's laptop as an 8 year old. 
That's a vivid sense memory. Anyway, the song also makes use of a slightly swung rhythm, also common in this genre. Most notably, though, the instrumental combines more electronic-styled percussion with what appear to be synthesized orchestral samples, which is a very iconic element of 90s hip-hop, particularly that originating on the west coast of the United States. All in all, this is the most 90s energy I've been exposed to in one sitting in my entire life. Granted, as I said before, I was born in 2002. I usually try to compare songs by male artists with other male artists as female you know, or female, but I cannot talk about B-Classic without comparing it to Uh-Oh by G-Idol. Literally, every element I talked about earlier also appears in Uh-Oh, from the orchestral samples to the record scratches to the lightly swung tempo. Seriously, if you enjoyed Uh-Oh, you'll pretty much automatically like B-Classic. Last song, please. Our last song in the playlist is Oh Yeah by boy group M Black, which currently has under 100 views on Ogam Entertainment. Now, if you thought last song fit its decade perfectly, you haven't seen nothing yet. This song, in case you couldn't tell just by hearing it, represents the late 2000s. The song starts out with an acoustic guitar, tricking you into thinking it'll be a ballad. Then it hits you with a quick tempo and a lot of synths. Most notably, the almost sawtoothy synth, making up most of the instrumental in the opening. The song itself is very rap-heavy, with a lot of handoff between the members. There's barely ever more than two lines in a row, sung or rapped by the same person. Combine that with the nonsensical chorus, aka just them saying oh yeah over and over, and you have an aggressively late 2000s to early 2010s K-pop boy group song. So, let's compare this to some K-pop from that era. Sorry Sorry by Super Junior, the oldest video currently available on SM Entertainment, released in 2009, actually fits this song pretty well. The synth primarily used in the instrumental of Sorry Sorry is almost identical to that used in Oh Yeah, and one can't deny the repetition of the lyrics and the chorus in each song. Plus, Sorry Sorry even starts out with an acoustic instrument, though to be fair, this is unique to the music video and not part of the song itself, but still works. So if you're a fan of old school Super Junior, you'll likely enjoy Oh Yeah. Last but not least, let's hear our Sore Thumb song. This week's Sore Thumb song is Tomboy by singer Kiara, currently at 228k views on Stone Music Entertainment. This is a lot more views than I usually allow, but there wasn't any way I was going to avoid talking about this song. Plus, I think it still deserves more views. Anyway, since we've been looking at the past all episode, I figure I should find something more modern for a sore thumb song. And this song is a great example of this era of K-pop. The most notable element of this song is its dubstep and EDM-inspired instrumental, using plucky synths in the introduction and harsh noises in the chorus. These sorts of noisy electronic sounds are a hallmark of music in the 2010s and 2020s. Additionally, the song's chorus is really more of a like, beat drop, putting a heavier focus on the instrumental than the singing. This is a common observation and sometimes complaint within modern K-pop. I've heard it referred to as forgot to write the chorus syndrome. I personally don't mind it as I am a big fan of some crunchy instrumentals, but I understand why some people don't like it. Speaking of beat drops, the dance break changes up the entire soundscape into something completely different. Again, a common trait of K-pop in the late 2010s to early 2020s. And of course, we can't forget the song's lyrics, which are at least partially based around wearing what you want to wear and forging your own personal style, aligning with the modern era's emphasis on individuality. The instrumental of this song really reminds me of Alligator by Monster X. 
similar plucky synth, similar tempo, similar dubstep elements, I mean, what else can I really say? Their vocal style, lyrics, and general vibe remind me a bit of Not That Type by Gugudon, as well as Gugudon's less cutesy side in general. The lyrical content itself is very reminiscent of Mamamoo's more recent releases, especially Hip, with its emphasis on individuality through fashion. And that kind of minimalist dance break instrumental reminds me a bit of the post-chorus section of Black Dress by CLC. Really, there's just a lot going on here. Most of all though, if you're a fan of Alligator by Monster X and Not That Type by Gugudon, you'll definitely love Tomboy. And just like that, we've got our five-song playlist plus a sore thumb song. How do you like that little trip through time? Personally, this is my favorite playlist I've put together so far. It's got a nice variety of songs while still having a cohesive theme. I realize I've been a little bit ambiguous as to what counts as the playlist and what doesn't, though. Generally speaking, the five main songs, the ones that fit the week's theme, are the playlist, quote-unquote, while the sore thumb song and the ending segment are extras, like bonus tracks on an album. That's why I say I'm covering five songs in the intro to each episode, and why I say last song please before song five. Technically, those five songs are the playlist, air quotes, even though the actual YouTube playlist includes more. Speaking of more, though, you know we aren't done yet. It's time to spin the wheel of segments. And this week's segment is... Fantastic Fan Works. For today's Fantastic Fanworks section, we're going to be taking a look at Suzuken, a K-pop remix creator specializing in retro, lo-fi, and 80s aesthetic remixes. A perfect fit for a decades-themed episode. I found them through their 80s remix of Poor Peepon by Sunmi, which zeroes in on the already dreamy synth-pop elements of that song and turns them up to 11, as well as adding in more 80s elements. What's playing right now, though, is their most recent remix, an extended version of Dynamite by BTS. What's interesting to note about Suzuken's remixes is that even the ones that aren't specifically meant to be a retro-themed remix still have retro elements. This current remix of Dynamite, though it's not branded as a 70s or 80s style remix, still has these kinds of elements. Of course, some of this can be attributed to the fact that Dynamite was originally meant to be an homage to disco. There are retro elements here that Dynamite didn't use. Actually, now that I think about it, the orchestral samples used here honestly give this a city pop vibe which I never would have expected in a Dynamite remix. Given how many remixes there are of Dynamite, both official and fan-made, this aspect of Suzuken's extended remix really makes it stand out from the crowd. If you're looking for retro-styled remixes, I'd highly recommend Suzuken. They make some seriously unique and high-quality stuff. Go check them out, give them some likes, subs, and nice comments. I promise you won't be disappointed. They also have some pretty neat-looking merch. If you're in the market for K-pop shirts in the style of old band tees, go check that out too. Like I say with every fan artist I showcase, they deserve it. And with that, we end episode 4 of Primm's Playlist Season 2. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the original songs at bit.ly slash pmp underscore s2e4, all letters capital, all numbers numerals. And if you'd like to support this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you really want to go above and beyond, donate to our Patreon page for special perks. Links to those can be found at linktree slash primsplaylist. That's linktr.ee slash p-r-i-m-m-s-p-l-a-y-l-i-s-t. Our podcast is a proud member of Studio 16. If you enjoy our podcast, support us for free by joining our Discord server at discord.gg slash 6, capital R, lowercase xw, capital MG, lowercase F. 
To learn more, visit studio16network.wixsite.com. Thanks for jamming with me today.